welcome to Aetherius Radio Live, the Hour of Truth with Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. Thank you to our regular listeners and those who are new for joining us on Aetherius Radio Live, brought to you on Body, Mind, Spirit Radio on the third Tuesday monthly at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. UK Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time. Let us, as always, lift our minds upwards as this hour of truth invites you to discover the cosmic message for this age revealed through legendary master of yoga and world-renowned medium Dr. George King between 1954 and 1997. Today on Aetherius Radio Live, your hosts Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze will continue their in-depth study of Aetherius Society Directives for the coming 1,000 years, part four. So, without further ado, as always, it's my great pleasure to hand over to Richard and Chrissy. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you, Nikki. Hello, hello Chrissy. Hello, Richard. Hello, and hello, everybody <laughs> listening. Um, Richard, I hear that you have been in the media uh, in the not only the UK, but also the US, virtually nonstop on the topic of UFOs, uh, especially in the last week or so. I, I know that you've been promoting these topics for decades now and are regarded as uh, an expert on these topics. Um, so congratulations for all your efforts on this vitally important topic. Uh, well, thanks. Face, it ne- never goes away. Um, so could you tell us anything about some recent shows that you've been involved with? And I can. I remember talking, yes, certainly. I remember talking to Dr. King, actually, about what you just said there, It Never Goes Away. And he said a good title for a UFO lecture would be UFOs Are Here to Stay. So that was yeah. his title. <laughs> so everyone, if anyone wants title, to take yeah. that one up, yeah. That is a good, um, it's a great title. It's a great title. That was on a car journey, and he just came up with that one. Um, I think that it doesn't go away, and uh, I feel like I'm in the midst of a UFO campaign like you and I used to do way back, Chrissy. But I haven't arranged it. It's just going on all around me, and every day something seems to come out. If it's not a, uh, an Israeli general who used to run the space agency admitting they know about life on other planets, UFOs, and uh, you, they're waiting to come more openly when mankind changes, something that he said he couldn't have said five years ago because he would have been uh, put away if he'd done so. Uh, stuff coming out of America, the intelligence officer who covered up Roswell, they found his diaries and files, and his grandson and his son revealed those last week, uh, wow. confirming what many of us have said for a long time, um, and many other things, stuff in America, more photographs from the Pentagon, uh, more things from the Ministry of Defense as well over here. Um, and, and, of course, coming up to Christmas, the star of Bethlehem in the news again, probably the most famous UFO of all time. Um, so, yes, it's, it's been very much in the news. Um, it doesn't go away. And as always, our interest in it, of course, is the spiritual connection, isn't it, Chrissy? Absolutely. I hear you're going to be on coast to coast um, talking about the Star of Bethlehem coming yeah. up. And I know a lot of listeners can listen to that. Yes, that's, um, that'll be Christmas Eve, um, my time. 
And I suppose it will be just in American time too, because it's 8 to 10 a.m. here, which I make 12 midnight Pacific and yeah. I'm afraid to say 3 a.m. Eastern. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether that can be got later in the day or not. But it's 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 good because again the Star of Bethlehem. I know a lot of people now try and say, well, the Star of Bethlehem is just been made up, or you know, even avid Christians who quote every word of the Bible to you, they seem to bypass the Star of Bethlehem. But if you take it as written in the Book of Saint Matthew, I think it is, it hovered over a stable, it hovered over a manger, it identified a spot in a town called Bethlehem, and you know, let's face it, a star can't do that. Yeah, sounds like it's going to be a fantastic show, Richard. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> we no, sorry, on to you. Let's we're not doing UFOs. Let's move on. Yeah. Yeah. We oh, by the way, Chrissy, before still. we do, you've had a yes. new show as well, haven't you? You've got a new show on Body Mind Spirit Radio yourself. Yes, it's um, on Aquarius Rising Astrology Radio, but I also go into uh, spiritual aspects and um, mm. started in December and been next on well January the 5th. Thanks, well thanks done. for bringing that up. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So um, we didn't realize when we started these shows on the next 1,000 years that it would be uh, so much to cover. I know. <laughs> we thought it'd be one or two shows, didn't we? Yes. And, today and here we are on part four. Part four, yes. And the last show we did was October and we covered uh, part three, obviously. And I'd just like to go over the very last thing that you were talking about, Richard, and that was a key sentence from the transmission of the five temples of God, which, as you said, is virtually a mission statement to the Assyria Society going forward. Hmm. In the future, it has to be the missions first, spreading the teachings secondly, and other matters after that. And you, you said um, that it's implied in that answer that the building of the temples would now come under this third category of other hmm. matters, which is a big yeah. change from when the transmissions were delivered in 1967. Yeah. So in other words, it's not so essential. It's still yeah, just to be clear, future. just to be clear, that statement was made in 1990 at the end of some uh, international directors meetings in America in August 1990, which I was at, and the directors, of the international directors at the time were gathered for. And, you know, that's how I would read it, because the as we've been discussing and we'll continue to discuss, hopefully this will be the final part of this series today. But, um, you know, the the mission aspect that the temples were being built for, which was the main aspect by far, and the master theorists made that very clear in the five temples of God and in the other transmissions of that period, um, that has been covered in other ways. And so that's taken care of. Um, the the teachings is absolutely vital. So much as it would be great to have a temple, there's no sense now that there's any deadline at all. And it's it's not an if and when, it's still an as and when, but it's lower down the priority list. You know, we have to run the missions we have, which are even greater in their effect, in their potency, than had we had temples, for reasons we've been discussing, but somewhere down the line, it seems that these temples will be built. I don't know when, but uh, it'll depend on a number of things, including funds, I suppose. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for clarifying that, Richard. And if you I would just to add to that, time. sorry, that we, we don't have any designs left by our master for those temples. So that, again, indicates that in his, in his mind, it wasn't uh, an imperative 
to have shaped power temples of a particular design. Exactly. Sorry. No, okay, I was just saying that if people are listening for the first time, I highly recommend that they go to the archives of Body, Mind, Spirit Radio to this particular show, and you can listen to the first three parts, which are very, very fascinating. Yes, I have to apologize. They're, in a way, they're very in-depth. For a newer person, it could be difficult, but we've tried to keep it as simple as we can. Please don't be put off by that. Please feel free, by the way, to contact Chrissy or myself at our websites anytime with any questions, because I think there could be a lot of study follow-up for all of us. Certainly for me, I found it uh, reve very revealing uh, doing this series. Yes, absolutely. Me too. And I'd like now to continue where we left off, Richard, mm. uh, by reading um, the next part of the transmission. Okay? Yes. At the same time as all this is going on, Operation Sunbeam will be performed very seriously. Yes. I, can I just say that since the last show we did in October, I've come to a particular line of thought, which I share. I don't offer it as fact. This is my take on it. Um, it's not uh, coming straight from the master, as far as I know, uh, or, or any transmissions. So it's just me. Um, and I've come to the conclusion, uh, a few conclusions about what we've been doing and what we're discussing, which I think is very relevant to put it into a context. Um, and I, t I mentioned it to you the other day, Chrissy. I, I believe that the five temples of God transmission, as we call it, was delivered when it was because of the dangers in Operation Carmelite, at least the theoretical notional danger that the three adepts, for those who are familiar, and in fact, I should say the six adepts, in theory, could have not won. It couldn't have been. It was never taken for red that they would win that battle. And had, for example, our master, who we can now reveal was one of those adepts, number one, in fact, um, then the mission would have been unsuccessful. But also, he wouldn't have been here. And then, at least, or even if it had been successful, and he had for some reason died in it, God forbid. But that had to be a possibility. Um, we would have had a plan to, to go with, which was this plan in the five temples of God, and that's the plan that would be carried out. So I've mentioned that before. But in addition to that, I come to a very firm conclusion, and I stress this is my only my conclusion, that they gave in this plan a framework. Uh, they gave ground, as it were, or the Master Etherius gave ground, into which his star pupil, Dr. George King, could sow his seeds, of his genius seeds, that they knew, Master Ethereus certainly knew, I believe, that he would improve on their plan. And that is, in fact, what they wanted him to do. But what he needed was some parameters, some overall necessities with which he could work. And these were built in as it were, to this, this plan of building temples with certain properties and certain uh, things such as creating power stabilization stations, all of which he understood very, very well indeed, and all of which he has accomplished without the need for the temples themselves at this moment. And so it's the same objectives, the same goals, but an even more potent way of accomplish them, accomplishing them, especially from a karmic point of view and just to add to that i'm sure also it would be known that it would be much more karmically powerful 
much more of a manipulation for the benefit of humanity if the plan was devised by somebody in an earth physical body than if it was a plan given to us from, as it were, inverted commas, outside by a cosmic intelligence. And so this is exactly what he then did. As, as I repeat, as I'm sure the Master Aetherius knew that he would, but without the framework of this plan, he couldn't do it. So what we have here, um, he, he, you know, we, I say he couldn't do it, but he needed, as it were, those guidelines within which to operate. And so the new plan includes, actually, not just Aetherius Society people, but as it turns out, even the Great White Brotherhood were built into the plan that Dr. King devised through certain missions, uh, such as Operation Sunbeam and Operation Earthlight. And this plan is a much greater one, and we're virtually racing through evolution. We may not appear to be at times, but when we carry this out, any of us, even if we're supporting it from a distance, actively, through prayer, through any method, donations, or whatever it might be, work, um, spreading the teachings, then we are carrying out this extremely potent plan, which is an enhanced version, you might say, of that given in the five temples of God. So those are my thoughts, Chrissy. I don't know if that rings any bells with you. I think that's very interesting, and it's so much what you're saying is so much in keeping with the way our master operated. If he was involved anything, he was involved in. He always wanted to improve them, evolve them, and make them more karmically potent. So that certainly makes a lot of sense. Yes, Thank indeed. You. So coming to your point about something will be performed very seriously. My goodness, that's true. If you think back to 1967, I think uh, I. I Phase two of Operation Sunbeam was completed in July 1969, partly because it was interrupted by Operation Carmelite. So that's almost three years after the mission commenced. And now we're doing 16 phases currently a year uh, with the full approval of, of the highest masters connected to this earth in any way, namely the Lords of the Flame. And even in this dangerous, difficult year of COVID, I'm delighted to say we've managed to accomplish all of our Operation Sunbeam phases. And it's so it absolutely more than confirms this statement by the Master Theorist, it will be formed very seriously. Thank you, Richard. Now I'll read the next part. From an educational point of view, the degrees of membership already outlined should be fully accepted and should demand not only your concentration, but action upon this scheme. Gradually then, you will become a very essential organization in the major scheme for the enlightenment, and sometimes even salvation, of terrestrial man. Your most advanced members will be initiated, and will be those from whom the future controllers of the Assyria Society must be chosen. Yes, that's... Um absolutely happened and that started to happen in the in our master's lifetime in dr king's lifetime uh, it was definitely put into practice the temple degree scheme uh, which is a, a series of classes that people can take first of all they have to as you know chrissy earn a certain number of certificates of merit to be eligible to take that exam be a member for uh, three years generally uh, before they can take that exam as full members, and um, then they can progress on in many cases and 
they can progress on to member initiate status. I think that started in 1981. I could be a year out, but I think that's the year that scheme started. And we have other things as well as that now. Uh, with that, you have and sometimes people come to our meetings and say, why are people wearing green, cream, yellow and orange robes? Well, that's the member initiate scheme there, as given to us initially by and approved by the master theorist himself. There's a whole newsletter which we can refer you to describing that. And then we have other initiations as well. And uh, I would say the main ones, I mean, obviously staff membership itself is an, is an initiation. I don't know if you know, Chrissy, but we've had seven new trainee staff members around the world in the last four months. I know, it's fantastic, yeah. Yeah, and, and all over the world, in, in, in Michigan, of course, where you are, in, in uh, Los Angeles, in Canada, in New Zealand, in Nigeria, in Bristol, in Barnsley. Don't think I've missed any out. Um, and then we've had uh, also two new full mem staff members as well, one in London, one in Manchester, uh, globally. That's quite a growth. That's an initiation. Um, and then staff members can progress onwards, and not just staff members actually, but they, there are certain ordinations and even consecrations in the ministry. Those are very important initiations as well, uh, from which uh, people take various positions of responsibility. And then finally, and most importantly of all, is a special missions task force member. Um, that's the, the people who actually perform the various missions. Um, even Operation Prayer Power cannot be done without Special Missions Task Force members performing the discharge and handling the batteries. So we've actually got two new Special Missions Task Force members in London this month. Uh, these things are growing all the time and they are, they are done through initiation as decreed there, really, by the master theorists, and then, as he says, the future controllers of the society will be chosen from those, and that means controlling any aspect, taking responsibility at all levels, from the highest all the way through to essential tasks which somebody has to be in charge of. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Richard. All, all members, in fact, of the society do indeed have the most fantastic spiritual opportunities to not only advance in the ethereal society, but also advancing themselves in the process. And just to quickly say what a staff member is, it's someone who um, is some, and it's open to all members to become a staff member through their devoted, devotion and hard work. And these, pe these are people who volunteer to give up all their spare time, virtually all their spare time, to help support and promote the Ethereum Society in one of many ways. Yeah, indeed. So I'll read the next part, Richard. Um, now, you will discover that when you have your apparatus functioning correctly in your shape power temple, you will be approached by individuals in position in many lands who will make this approach, for the most part, with a wrong and insidious motive. It will be up to you to sort them out. But among these will be some who will approach you with genuine, clean motive to learn your ways. As the years go on and the operation of the temple becomes more and more potent, there is a great danger that every attempt will be made by authority to close it down. In fact, it may even be closed down unless karmic manipulations can be brought about. For at the same time as you are operating the forces of light for the good of mankind, others will be operating the forces of evil. 
very, very interesting prophecy in a way there, I think, yeah. um, uh, or possible of a possible event. Um, it's certainly true. I mean, we have individuals who do come to us with a very clean, good motive to learn our ways, and some of them uh, cooperate with us. Some of them go on and join us and um, really help in our work, and there's no doubt about that. Uh, we've also had people, and sadly I came across one to this very day, who uh, come with the wrong motive, who are pretending to be one thing, whereas in fact they're another. They're seeking some kind of personal gain in the wrong way. Um, and, it, you know, it doesn't work for them karmically, never mind anything else. But that happens. It probably happens with other organizations too. And uh, it's up to us, as the Master of Theorist says there, to sort them out. Um, it's not always easy. We can get opposition. We've had it over the years. Our master, Dr. King, had it. Um, and it, it's, it's something we have to deal with. But very interesting as well, he talks about a danger that every attempt will be made by authority to close it down. Now, I've mentioned before that the temple plan, in my opinion, well, it's probably not just an opinion, I suppose it's fairly obvious, in some ways would have been much easier to promote uh, because it, it, it's a, you know, an attractive thing. TV crews can come along and film it. It'll look unusual. It'll have a certain power. It's much easier to sense than, say, Operation Prayer Power might be to a lot of people. They, if they don't take the effort, they end up saying, you know, we're praying into a box or, or praying to a box or some such idiocy like that. They don't. But a temple, everybody can sort of understand. So in that way, it would be good. But it could also uh, be something that people would want to stop because it is so visible um, and you know the way the master of theorists is talking this this would be some authority uh, in what in a in a land but he also goes on to talk about the way the dark forces would operate now they would detect even if most of humanity don't really relate to or understand the more advanced missions we perform uh, such as the Saturn mission, which we talked about last month, and others. Uh, the Dark Forces, I'm afraid, they would understand it, and they would want to stop it. And it's interesting to, to be looking at that this year, because I think whatever else we may think COVID is, I don't enter the, the debate, the medical debate, and, and, and the, you know, the governmental debate and all that at all. It, it, over here, and I'm sure throughout the society, we just follow the laws. Whether we agree with them fully or not, uh, that's what we have to do, and that's what we do do. But um, the, I think this going kind of behind the government level, I don't think there could be any doubt at all this is a dark force move. It's quite obvious. Uh, it's not a move that on the face of it, actually, will benefit financial interests or political interests. I don't think any prime minister or president wants to really be telling his people that they're going to lose money and they might get ill and he's got to, you know, uh, sp spend money on, on relieving health and so on. It's not in their interest to do it. It's not in the interest of business, really, to do it on the whole, on the whole. Uh, there could be exceptions to that. But it is definitely in the interest of certain dark forces, not even necessarily on this realm, who don't like what's coming from it, who don't like the open uh, acknowledgement, which we made, for example, last year in the most wonderful, positive, spiritual year for the Ethereum Society, when we celebrated the 100th anniversary of the birth of Dr. George King, the king who came to Earth and introduced his biography and the website and so on, there will definitely, 
And I'm not saying that's the only factor, but there'll be definitely forces who, who react against that. And they've been, I'm sorry to say again, fairly effective in a lot of our activities have been limited uh, in numbers. Some of them have had to stop um, and, you know, reduced such as Operation Prayer Power Charging and so on. And we've made a valiant effort against this. Uh, we put out a record uh, discharge, for example, in the UK in the last spiritual push ever between London and Barnsley uh, in, this, in this spiritual push deliberately because of this. But it has been difficult. All our missions have been performed. Saturn mission, Sunbeam, everything, all our commitments were fulfilled this year in, from a mission point of view. But it's certainly limited us. We've tried to compensate with online activities very, very intensively. And we've had wonderful support and thankfulness, um, lovely messages and so on all over the world for that. But I think you could say this might be a manifestation in a slightly different way of that prophecy, Chrissy. Yes, I, I thought that myself, actually. Yes, very interesting mm. indeed. Mm. Um, but when our back's against the wall, we we keep going even stronger, right, as soon as we can. Yes, yes. But, and I think there's been definitely changes within many people in the society for the better because of this, because you realize what you're really missing, you know, as well. Mm. Mm. So indeed. I think good will come out of it. I definitely believe that. Yes, yes. So... I shall read the next part. Yes, please. Much strife will be noted on the surface of your globe. There will be war and famine, and it will be during this time, not the first war and famine, by the way, but the second, it will be during this time that your actions in your temple will be noted by the highest political authority in your land. And from that time forth will you go forward unimpeded by the maliciousness of those who would, because of jealousy and lower realm interference, try to stop you. Very interesting again, of course, bearing in mind our master changed the karma of our world immensely um, after this transmission was given. Uh, nevertheless, I mean, we can't argue with the fact there's been much strife on the surface of our globe, war and famine, and one could name many, and which one is referred to here exactly by the second war and famine is hard to know. There could be a number of candidates for it. Also, when you think that uh, our master was um, not due to stay on earth as long as he did, and he extended his life, and he cha made many changes to the world. But Certainly, when you think that the first temple originally was due to be built by 1985, um, and in fact what did happen is that the Saturn mission started by 1985, and other missions were, in, were active by 1985, and that was the, the, all the points were covered um, by them, which we've discussed before. There have been many changes. I mean, one thing I remember him saying is he won't leave this planet until the Berlin Wall falls. He said that before it fell, before it was mooted. And indeed, he did see it fall in 1989. It was a very different world. Some younger people won't probably recognize or realize that that was the big thing, the East and the West, the divisions there. Um, he did get some recognition from the highest political authorities in the land, not anywhere near what he should have got. But he did get some recognition from, um, I think, the Reagan and George Bush senior administrations. And he did get a grant of arms from uh, Her Majesty the Queen of England. He should have got a knighthood. I think it's a mistake 
by the British establishment, by the government, that he didn't get a knighthood from the Queen. A big, massive mistake. They had an avatar uh, in their land, and they didn't knight him. But there's nothing new about that. That's happened to other avatars too, probably all of them that I can think of anyway. Um, he did get some a degree of recognition from various sources, which he accepted, I think, because he knew it was karmically beneficial to our world. So the elements are there for this prophecy, but again, have been changed massively by the changes that he brought. Absolutely, Richard. Thank you. Then, when you are fully established in this first temple, three more will be erected. Their positions will be secret for some time, but they will be revealed to your leader so that he can make provision to lodge this information in safe places. By that, I mean they are secret at the moment. Karma has to be manipulated before this revelation can be made to you, the membership. When you have built these three other temples in three different parts of your world, they will be linked together by their radionic machines. But more important than these, much more important than these, they will be linked together by the human beings who come with the highest motive of all, namely terrestrial salvation, to worship in these temples. And thus will you form a circle of spiritual light in your world. When you do this, you will have to hold it. Thank you again. Many changes, and we've touched on those already because the temples aren't there, but there are, and many have commented on this, five operational spiritual energy radiators. Interesting that there are five. Um, it ties in with this figure of five temples, and undoubtedly there's a link between them, and they do work together right now, actually. All five of those spiritual energy radiators are operational every day um, because of this uh, pandemic we're facing, and the human beings are also linked, actually linked sometimes online together, which many have commented they love the fact they're linked to uh, members and sympathizers in a very different part of the world. And some of the people who come on and, and join us in these are from countries that you wouldn't really expect necessarily, like Iran, Iraq, uh, Jamaica, the Philippines, uh, all over the world. So there's this fantastic Romania. You know, you could name countries which we don't know of people, but they are with us and they're joining in with us. And so again, in another way, uh, we have this link, and of course the timeline has been changed, as I mentioned, and when these three other temples will be built and so on. But again, I come back to the significance of the figure of five, um, which uh, is, men is, is mentioned in this text, and we have five SERs. But I am thinking perhaps Nikki is waiting there in the wings to give us some announcements. <laughs> Well, <laughs> thank you so very much, both uh, Richard and Chrissy. It's absolutely fascinating. I love it. Um, you are listening to a series radio live with hosts Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze, continuing their fascinating informative coverage of a series society directives for the coming 1,000 years, part four. As already mentioned, on Christmas Eve, December 24th, from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. GMT, Richard will be speaking to George Norrie on Coast to Coast AM, and they will be speaking and discussing the Star of Bethlehem 
being a Christmas UFO. This popular show airs on nearly 620 stations in the US, Canada, Mexico and Guam. So please, for details of this interview, do visit richardlawrence.co.uk. As already mentioned again, you are very welcome to continue joining us for all services, both live stream and online, details of which are on Aetherius.org. The next Aetherius Radio Live show on January the 19th, we will be starting the new year of 2021 with the intriguing title, Dr. George King, Karmic Agent. So that's it for now, and I'm so very pleased to return you to Richard and Chrissy. Thank you, Nikki. I shall continue with the next part of this transmission. Thank you. In those days, or these days, or the days to come, whichever you think applicable, you will set up prayer teams, which will operate for 24 hours per day, eight hours in each of your temples. This will make a total of 32 hours, which will allow an eight-hour overlap, as it were. You will be holding the light. Thank you. Now, once again, I think um, that's a clear example of something we are doing in a different way. We're not doing it in Shape Power Temples, but we do have Operation Prayer Power, which I think has proved itself as never before in this pandemic, because even when we haven't been able to do charging sessions, one assumes that the, there would have been times when some of these temples, even if they existed by now, and that isn't, by the way, in the plan, that they would exist by now. The Master of Theories didn't date when the second, third, fourth, and fifth temples would be built. Um, but even if, if they had been built by now, maybe some wouldn't be so operational because of COVID in certain countries. Certainly we were closed down for a while over here. But prayer power, operation prayer power, has enabled us to do discharges because we store the energy, uh, even at these times when we can't do charging. And if you think about it, um, you know, it's hard to know what the output would be and how many pr would be in the prayer teams there mentioned by the Master Ethereus. But if it was, you know, 10 people, it could be something like 320 prayer hours a day altogether. Well, we, we are doing discharges of that kind of amount. We do 330, for example, from London alone during a normal discharge. We've exceeded it in the last spiritual push. And also there's Michigan, Barnsley and New Zealand and, of course, Los Angeles. Um, so we're putting out a lot. Plus, very importantly, vitally importantly, the people who gather together in our temples for other services, uh, sending out energy and the people gathering in, in online at the moment, but from their own residences, sending out energy. So I think that at least the equivalent of that requirement is taking place now. And that's not even mentioning, uh, say, Operation Space Power 2, which didn't exist then, where energy has been sent through our spiritual energy radiators. Thank you for explaining that, Richard. So prayer hours, for people who may not know, is the amount of spiritual energy, prayer energy sent out by one person with full consciousness for an hour. So when you're talking about the 330 prayer hours, you can imagine 330 people joining in focused, concentrated prayer for that time. It's an enormous amount of energy, isn't it, that you're talking yeah. about, Richard? Yes. Going out. Yeah, yeah. The next part. You will be bringing into manifestation the light on a basic level which has been held by the Great White Brotherhood. When you do this, then your ranks will be supplemented by masters in the Great White Brotherhood. 
These will guide you how to even more potently hold the light for terror so that you can be very active in helping all of mankind. Now, I think that, again, I think the spirit of... It's a very, very interesting prophecy. And I think the Master... I know that our Master made a certain decision in the 1980s to uh, work with certain cosmic forces, such as central control, uh, such as a team of adepts known as Adept Nixes 009 and team. For those who aren't familiar, we don't really have time to itemize all these. This would be very interesting for future shows. Uh, the Gotham Masters in Operation Sunbeam, um, Adept Number 5, I'm just naming some that we, op- we work with now, uh, we cooperate with now, who are cosmic forces. Our Master chose to take some of these missions to those forces rather than uh, with the Great White Brotherhood, as much as he greatly admired, respected, and revered the Great White Brotherhood. And so that is, again, another example of something which is being done in a different way. Plus, he left us very detailed instructions as to how we can be active in helping all of mankind, as put there, uh, which we are carrying out himself. Uh, He left that. Um, What I would also add, though is that it's interesting that there are two missions which the Great White Brotherhood are performing on the physical plane, the physical plane. That's Operation Sunbeam and Operation Earthlight, two missions he devised, and he gave permission in the first case and arranged or suggested in the second case, and we've covered that as well. So the Great White Brotherhood are active they're not coming among us as individuals at least physically to our certain knowledge but they are on this realm and that must take some karmic allowance and they are doing this uh, in a way that's actually much more effective for the karma of humanity than if they were walking into our temples and giving us advice and that might possibly be um, at the moment taking up that karmic allowances plus of course uh, the master of theorists isn't clear there he doesn't state there anyway when this would happen so um, it seems to be when the other temples are up and running and we don't know when that would be but I certainly think it's interesting Chrissy that they are uh, thanks to Dr. King active on the physical plane that's quite a different karmic situation than being active on higher realms um, and it might take quite a bit of manipulation to bring about uh, in these two missions. Well, thank you for the very inspiring overview, Richard. About this <laughs> Trying to put it briefly here. <laughs> yeah. Wow, when, when you hear it laid out as you just did, it just reminds you how fantastic it all is that we have this opportunity to be a part of this Indeed. amazing society which is open to anyone who wishes to join, who wishes to help our world. Thank you, Richard. So the next part. By this time, you will have, you, I mean the Ethereum Society, will have lived through many political and military upheavals, two of them particularly violent. You will have gained power as an entity. You will have been directly reinforced by the Great White Brotherhood, who, in these days to come, will come forward into the world of men and your four temples then will be subsidized by the erection of a fifth. This fifth temple will be in the middle of the circle, so to speak, as it will be the most secret one, the most secret one, the smallest one, and yet the most potent. 
It will be in this temple that the Great White Brotherhood will directly operate between their retreats and mankind as a whole. Yes, it's very interesting. I mean, this could be, could be, even in the original prophecy, way into the future. It's interesting, is it not? There's no mention of the coming of the next master in this, something that uh, uh, our master commented on, actually. Um, It's not clear when that will happen. Uh, It's not stated when it will happen. Uh, It was going to be shortly. He's come among you shortly. I think, again, one of the things he would have had to deal with had the adepts not been here would have been Operation, what became Operation Carmelite, and that was removed uh, from the remit of the next master by them. So that could have been put back a lot. Uh, the active coming among us of the Great White Brotherhood physically among us may have been delayed, or it may be a reference to some considerable time in the future, uh, you know, when that fifth temple would be erected. So whether that still stands, that they will operate between their retreats and mankind as a whole through this fifth temple, or whether it will be just some other kind of building that we will be told to, to erect or they'll you know, find a source or a place. That isn't clear now in the plan as we have it, but one way or the other, at some point, that must happen. I've said before, everyone on earth should follow actively and knowingly, as far as they possibly can, the Lord Babaji. Because even since this transmission, he, was, he took political charge, as it were, as well as spiritual charge, of the Great White Brotherhood. We all report to him whether, if we're lucky enough, we'll get a chance to actually report to him. But he should be in charge. Uh, everyone on Earth should unanimously elect him, as they would on any other planet of civilized, advanced planet. Um, uh, I'm sure he doesn't want that. I don't, not sure, but I'm assuming he wouldn't want that for one minute. He's got far, far more things to do. But sooner or later, the point I'm making is, of course, that's the future. The coming together of, of humanity, advanced terrestrials and the Great White Brotherhood. Now, whether that is going to be after the great sorting and there'll only be a few left when that happens or whether it's before, that isn't spelt out there by the master theorist. Maybe deliberately, maybe it's left open, depending on how we evolve. Thank you. It will be in this temple that some of you, true to heart through the lives to come, will meet again your leader. It will be in this place that at the end of a certain time cycle, some of you who have now had the experience of many lives in the Ethereum society will meet face-to-face the three adepts in their full aspect. So that's very revealing, because we now have it clearly stated, many lives of experience in the Ethereum society. So we now know, I mean, it's not even two lives, it's many lives uh, in the Ethereum society. So that's hundreds of years, I would suggest, into the future we're now talking in this transmission when we'll, in that temple, we'll meet again the three adepts. It's the end of a certain time cycle, which isn't spelt out. Well, I, I would say it's a wonderful promise, um, but way into the future, Chrissy. How, I don't know how you feel. Oh, it's a promise I do think about a lot. I have to say, the thought mm. of meeting um, Dr. King again, the three adepts in full aspect, I find very difficult to really comprehend 
but it makes me feel very humble, very unworthy, and yet strangely confident because I know it's true. And it's a promise, I have to say, that's kept me going in this life through all the challenges I face, that we all face. And it's a constant inspiration. I try and keep this promise close to my heart, and I know it helps to guide me and gives me strength. And more importantly, as time goes on, I found it gives me a greater appreciation and a deeper love for these incredible, fantastic, wonderful three adepts, of which, of course, our master is adept number one, and just how very blessed we are. Thank you for wow. asking me that, Richard. Well, thank you. Thank you for that, Chrissy. So the next part, thus are your major tasks throughout the coming history. You will experience many blows, experience many triumphs, you will have to be able to drink the gall of defeat in the same balanced way that you must drink the sweetness of triumph. You will be trained and tested in the fires of adversity. You will be further trained and tested by the subtle temptations of complacent victory. And you will be weeded and molded so that eventually those who are left will be worthy indeed for the great and majestic task which are to come. I am actually very grateful to the Master of Theorists for that statement there. Uh, in my very small way, I have noticed that um, already. I've noticed that uh, when we're on, a, say, a great wave of very positive publicity, which isn't always by any means, then right in the midst of that will come some very nasty, malicious, false allegation, either about the master or the society or somebody in it, uh, which we have to deal with. And it, it's just, it's, it's the way things can go. And we are indeed tested and trained. And I'm sure all members of some standing have experienced this in a variety of different ways. Um, I'd like to read something that uh, Dr. King wrote in his commentary on that very part of the text. And this is what he said. We, we must remember the karmic law. Only those who deserve to be put in the positions of trust can ever be placed there. There is far too much at stake to be otherwise. As the society is to work directly and physically with the Great White Brotherhood and hold the spiritual light for the whole world in the future, no one but the truest of heart can possibly be given the initiations necessary for such a task. It's a very interesting statement. It indicates that it can't happen indicates to me that they can't be placed in that kind of position. They'll be weeded and molded, whoever they are, um, before that can happen. And even after that can happen, uh, they can still be, believe me, weeded and molded. Um, one thing that was stated by Mars Sector 6, the Master Theorist, and St. Gu Ling in different ways is that people in leading positions in the Aetherius Society will experience malicious gossip spoken against them, and it, it's not pleasant. Uh, it's not easy. It's a test. That's just one example of a test. And there, there could be many others, and, you know, and we have to be careful that we live up all of us, certainly include myself, it's work in progress. None of us fully deserve these positions. I certainly don't. Um, but they are something to work towards and stay uh, you know, wary of. But at the end, we need to follow this advice by the Master Etherius to, to drink the gall of defeat in the same balanced way we must drink the sweet of, sweetness of triumph. You know, there's something about continuing being trained and tested. We have our good moments and we have our bad ones, but just continuing on regardlessly, as Dr. King himself did, 
he had his tests. He had his terrible his trials. He had things uh, to delay him. He had disappointments in people. He had allegations made against him. He dealt with it all. He continued on and look at the tremendous success that he brought to the Ethereum Society. Never mind the rest of his mission. Very wise words. Thank you so much for that inspiring comment on that. We have to be very practical on this path, not overly idealistic and see things yes. for what they are. I think it's important. Indeed. The next part. From this you can see that we have chosen the Etheria Society for a great task, a task beyond that which we will give to any other organization upon Terra. Whether this task succeeds or fails is up to you. If it does fail, then you fail mankind and your karmic gods. If it does succeed, then quickly, ladies and gentlemen, not easily, but quickly, you will be able to don the crowns of adeptship and even more resplendent crowns than that. These are your tasks. Face them with a will. I could talk about that for another three hours, but I, I won't. I won't even. We, we, we're determined to finish today with our part four. So I won't say a lot. I'll just say that clearly it's quite obvious to me that we have a task i think anyone who believes in the theorist idea anyway, and some do some don't but if you believe in it we do have a task which is clearly beyond that of any other organization uh, and is far more advanced than any other uh, religion given to humanity as a whole that i can think of um, interesting the master of theorist doesn't rule out failure that's important i think i've always thought that was important chrissy and i've talked about that before um because some people think, oh, well, this is so great, so wonderful. The masters are behind it, so it can't fail. I'm sorry, the master of theorists is telling us it can fail. It's up to us whether it fails or whether it succeeds, and that's our job. And then he gives us this marvelous, wonderful promise uh, that we'll be able to don the crowns of adeptship quickly. And that flies in the face of certain things people think about karma yoga, which is the yoga we, we are doing, because it's always regarded as a slow path, that the fast path is kundalini. Well, that's all changed now. That's changed. It's not a slow path. We're told here, providing we succeed, we'll be able to don the crowns of adeptship quickly. And I think that's a very important point. It's a quick, speedy path of evolution, this, contrary to all appearances. And if we stay with it, it will take us there as a fantastic promise to adeptship quickly, not slowly, like the old karma yoga paths, which frankly aren't really recognizable, in my opinion, when compared to the Ethereum Society and the teachings of Dr. George King. That's very interesting, Richard. I can't say I've really thought that before, but uh, it's very, very interesting. Mm. But it now being a quick path. Yeah, quick Thank path. That, as I say, that's an address, that's a lecture, that's a broadcast in itself, <laughs> just that one topic. It yeah. Definitely, yeah. Uh, just to continue, just another moment, if I may. You will be more on your own than you have ever been, but you will not be lonely if you try to the best of your ability to live the teachings that we have been given through this, our chosen group. I assure you, you may at times be just a few alone, but you will never be lonely. I think that's absolutely beautiful. Uh, it's certainly very relevant to this year. Uh, we've had a lot of people who are on their own. 
And there's a lot of loneliness in the world at the moment. And people, I've spoken to someone today, not in the Ethereum Society, but someone who feels very cut off and alone and is desperate just to, to, to be with people. Um, uh, but if we're in the Ethereum Society, I think that's a promise which does happen. And, and a number of people have commented to me, for example, through our online services. And, and there is a proviso. It doesn't say you will not be lonely. It says you will not be lonely if you try to the best of your ability to live the teachings. So there is a proviso there that you're trying to the best of your ability to live the teachings. If you're doing that, and say you can't go out at the moment for some reason, but you are tuning in to every possible online service that you can tune into, you won't be lonely. You're joining together with dozens of people. And that's just one aspect of not being lonely. You're also connected to higher powers. You're also connected to a world as a whole. I've said before, the yogi in the cave, actually, uh, the great ones, weren't lonely because they were, might have been on their own and they chose to be on their own, but they were connected to all life in their deeper states. Again, Chrissy, that's a, a broadcast we could do just on, on not being lonely. But uh, what are your thoughts? Absolutely. Oh, yes. Well, I've experienced it myself, you know, difficult times of, of loss and so forth. And what I did was to sort of start to think and thank my master, the cosmic masters, the plan, and appreciate them. And when, when I did that, there was one time I remember I did it, and the feelings of kind of feeling lonely and so forth were replaced by a sort of a warmth I can only explain it like a lovely fullness in my heart like a mm. joy and uh, of course I didn't do it for that reason but it was just remarkable that one time I can remember was so remarkable it just brought tears to my eyes so it's you know another wonderful promise we have been given indeed I think to continue I think that I have said enough for the time being if I feel that it is necessary to speak again upon this subject, I will make such an announcement. It is now up to the organizers of the society to take this down, study it thoroughly, and speak of it to you all. Ladies and gentlemen, I am looking now into the souls of you. I would like to state that all who are listening have the potential to rise to this majestic occasion if you will only realize it. Realize your inner potential, he's saying there, I think. Um, I, I would just like to say that uh, he did make a, such an announcement. He said, if it's necessary to speak again upon this subject, I will make such announcement. And of course he did, the one we started the program with, about the temples now being down the list of priorities, as it were. So he did do that. Uh, thanks, and I'm very honored to say this to a question I was allowed to ask him myself through Dr. King, of course. The only thing I would add to that is some remarks made by Dr. King in his commentary when he said this. During the transmission, there was a long pause while, as he states, he looked into the souls of all those who were listening, and probably, this is important to our listeners tonight, even those who would read this document, those upon the higher mental realm who belong to the Ethereum Society branch in that place, he stated that all had the potential to rise to this majestic occasion if only they would realize it. So I think Dr. King's saying there it's not just the people who at the time got it, or it's the people who read it later, the people who are listening to this reading here have the potential to rise to this occasion. Chrissy, because we've got only minutes left, I would suggest you read now uh, the rest of this transmission to the end. Okay, will do. Thank you. 
One last word, if I may. Throughout history, you terrestrials have many times treated your greatest teachers very, very badly indeed until they have passed away from you. Then suddenly you have grasped at them like a drowning man grasping at a rock. Learn by your mistakes. Do not do this, for such is a very foul crime and can retard you many, many lives. It grieves me greatly when I see people with tremendous spiritual potential throw themselves back because of the way they treat a truly unique one among them. Why, for the slightest little thing, they would leave such a one to perish in the garden of sorrow caused by the foolishness of mankind. You are very fortunate, whether you believe it or not. I take the liberty of making this statement. You are very fortunate to have the teaching teacher that you have. It took an awful lot of karmic manipulation to give you George King, as you call him. Make the best of this, for he has enough wisdom to prepare you for the great tasks to come. I'm sorry, my pages. Shall I read on? Have you got uh, the page, just, Chrissy? It just uh, slips away, strangely. Um, yes, I have, sorry. Make the best of this, for he has enough wisdom to prepare you for the great task to come, and he will do so. But he cannot force you to listen. It is up to you to go out of your way to learn the path to your own salvation, is it not? May each and every one of you be blessed by the divine creative principle from which all things came and to which all things must go, will go. May you be inspired by the great and holy light within yourselves. May you have the courage and bigness to allow this light to manifest May you not allow the basic part of yourselves to rule the God-light within. Simple adherence to these instructions will lead you to a spiritual victory you will never forget. May God bless each and every one of you. Good night to you. Beautiful words, and thank you so much for reading them, Chrissy. Um, I think we've been given there our tasks for the next thousand years which we're going to follow, but with the alterations and improvements and enhancements made by Dr. George King uh, so that we have an even far more powerful plan to follow than we had then. And it's quite amazing. And we're carrying it out now fully uh, as we were given it. And that's a wonderful thing, and that's thanks to everyone who supports the Ethereum Society in any way. So, Chrissy, um, I think that brings us to an end. I think we just have Nikki's announcements, and we'll be uh, on the hour, unless you wish to add any further words. No, I don't think I can add anything to that. It's been a wonderful, inspiring uh, show. Thank you so much, Richard. Thank you, Chrissy. And thank you, Nikki. Well... Thank you so much, Richard and Chrissy, for such a brilliant, amazing, and inspiring journey into the future of the Ethereum Society and its missions. You have been listening to Ethereum Radio Live, which is your cosmic connection the third Tuesday of each month. 
do join us in the next Theories Radio Live show on January the 19th, when we will start the new year of 2021 with the intriguing title, Dr. George King, Karmic Agent. Visiting Ethereus.org will provide you with the details of the intensive program of services live streamed from the Ethereus temples in London and Los Angeles, together with its online 12 blessing services at 12blessings.org, and that's 12 in digits. So do, do please join us. Further information and full details of various publications and audio titles that are also available as ebooks, CDs, or downloads can also be obtained from our website. You are very welcome to connect with your hosts, Chrissy Blaze and Richard Lawrence, by visiting their respective websites, chrissyblaze.com and richardlawrence.co.uk. We hope, sincerely hope, you have enjoyed listening to Ethereum's Radio Live, and we really look forward to being with you next month. In fact, it'll be next year, 2021. So thank you very, very much for listening to our shows throughout 2020. And I take this opportunity of wishing all our Sirius Radio Live listeners a very, very happy Christmas and a spiritually fulfilling new year.